Would you pray with me, please? Our Father, we thank you for the presence of uh, Billy Pang, our member of parliament, here with us today. We recall, Lord, that you have asked us to pray for those who are in authority over us, those officials, those elected officials, that they may rule uh, with righteousness and equity and fairness. And so, Father, we remember our elected officials at a municipal level, at a provincial level, and at a, uh, at a federal level. Lord, we think of the upcoming uh, election as well uh, from our federal government. We pray for our country and we ask, O oh God, that you would grant us leaders who would hear your voice, who would be concerned about your concerns, and who would, would help us to uh, pave the road to having a, um, a peaceful, uh, fair, and equitable, equitable uh, society in which to live. We thank you for our great country of Canada. We thank you for all of the best blessings that you have poured out upon us in this. And we are ever mindful of your goodness in that way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you thought much about the meaning of life? I and mean, we saw the video this morning about what is the meaning of life. You know when you uh, hear the alarm in the morning, you hit the snooze button, and it goes off again, and you think, I've got to get up, and you get up. You clean yourself up, you have something to eat. You get ready and go to work. You come home from work. Somebody gets some food on, you do some chores. You crash in front of the TV for a while. You go to bed, and the alarm rings again the next morning. And you start the routine all over again. And then day after day after day, and life changes for us a bit, and at some point we don't live anymore. We die, and we pass from the scene. And it's interesting, uh, I don't know the names of my great-great-grandfather or prior to that, and life keeps going on. And it makes you wonder at some point, what is the meaning of all of this? What is the purpose of all of this? The wisest man who had lived thought a lot about the meaning of life. He wanted to figure it out, and he had opportunities that some of us don't have. He had the resources to experiment and to try things. His name was Solomon. He was the third uh, third king in Israel, uh, wisest man, and had uh, w- was absolutely wealthy. He, he tried everything. He, he tried learning and education and hobbies and interests and entertainment and arts and, and literature and women, 700 wives, 300 concubines. There was nothing, no sexual pleasure that he kept from himself. Uh, Anything he wanted to do, anything he could dream of doing, he did. And yet he left them without satisfaction. After all, he said, we die, we pass everything that we've accumulated and done on to a next generation. We don't know whether they'll make a mess of it or what they'll do or what. He, He says, whether you're rich or poor, we all have the same end. Whether you're famous or 
infamous or obscure. We all die and leave it behind. I don't know, sometimes you look and and I think of a beautiful, talented, famous, popular, rich person takes their life and leaves their friends devastated and their family grieving and we just can't make sense of it. What, what, why did that guy, why did that woman do that? They, they seem to have everything. And it causes us to be pensive. There's a song that was penned for a movie in the 1960s. The name of the movie, I think, was the same as the, the title song, which was Alfie. It was a Burt Bacharach and a Hal David piece. And um, Burt Bacharach said, in his estimation, they were the greatest lyrics that he'd heard written. The song goes like this, though. Uh, and, and I should tell you that the, the character, Alfie, in this old movie was, was a man who abused women, used women, discarded them, and cared nothing for them or their well-being. And here's the song that came out of it. What's it all about, Alfie? Is it just for the moment we live? Is it, is it for what we can get right now in this moment? Is that what life is all about? Just getting what we can get in the moment. Just living in the moment. What's it all about? When you sort it all out, Alfie, are we to take more than we give? Or, we, or are we meant to be kind? Should I just get everything I can? Or am I supposed to be concerned about other people? And if only fools are, why, are, are kind, Alfie, then I guess it's wise to be cruel. And if life belongs only to the strong, Alfie, what will you lend on an old golden, golden rule? Do to others as you'd have them do unto you. If only fools are kind, Alfie, then I guess it's wise to be cruel. Just to get all that you can get. As sure as I believe there's a heaven above, Alfie, I know there's something much more, something even unbelievers can't believe in. I believe in love, Alfie. Without true love, we only exist, Alfie. Until you find the love you've missed, you're nothing. When you walk, let your heart lead the way, and you'll find love any day, Alfie. What's it all about? I mean, they're piercing, probing words. What is, what is this world? What, what does our life mean? What are we supposed to do? What drives us? Uh, that's the question that so many people have. We all want to be loved. We want to find that acceptance from somebody else. We want to find meaning and significance for our life, purpose in our lives. You know, there's a person in the Bible who, who uh, had an interaction with Jesus he was obviously dealing with some of these kind of thoughts in his own life as well. And Jesus was traveling to Jerusalem for the final time. And as he headed toward Jerusalem, he went through Jericho. <clears throat> Just outside of town, he, he healed blind Bartimaeus. And, and his press was, was outstanding. People were flocking to him. And there was one man that wanted to see Jesus um, and. and he, he, he just had this, this desire and this longing to see Jesus. And uh, it, it's interesting because as the entourage moved on, this man couldn't uh, find his way to Jesus because he was short. 
And so he ran ahead and climbed up into a tree, something that a kid would do, something that no respectable person would do, climb a tree to watch a parade. And um, his name was Zacchaeus. I think he was a man who was trying to figure it out in life. It was a man who had a lot in life and yet didn't have uh, what he was looking for. He was a chief tax collector. Everybody in the town knew about this guy. Everybody knew where he lived. Uh, they knew what he did. Uh, they, weren't, they didn't like him at all. Uh, a tax collector wasn't a, a, a fine uh, employee of Revenue Canada or something like this. Uh, a tax collector was a person who would bid on the opportunity to be able to collect taxes from people for the Roman uh, Empire. Uh, and being under Roman control, uh, they, were, they had the opportunity of taking that uh, position and how they would make their money is they would collect the taxes they need for Rome, and then they would collect for themselves. And some of them got very wealthy doing that. In fact, uh, here's a guy who is the chief tax collector in a place that was on a main trade route, so he had lots of commerce coming, and uh, he, sur- he supervised a group of, ex- uh, of extortionists. So the scripture says he was, was a rich man, understandably so, huge home, lots of servants, nice clothes, anything money could buy, he could have. He wanted to enjoy life. He wanted to have that sense of satisfaction. This is mine and, and this belongs to me. And uh, for all that he had, there was something lacking in him. There was a lack of fulfillment He had longings that had not been met. Uh, He had disappointments. And uh, I don't know about you, but when you've tried to fill a hole or a void in your life, sometimes you do it with getting stuff. When I was 19 years of age, I purchased for myself a semi-concert grand piano. I mean, that thing was bigger than this piano here. My folks had a big room, so I had a place to, to go to take it. And uh, you know what I found? I found that the most, uh, the most excitement we have in getting something new is the day before it comes, right? You know what I, I can't sleep. This is so exciting. My own semi-concert grand piano. And uh, I was great, and I loved it, and I played it. And at a point in time when God was directing us to ministry, I sold it to buy a car because we needed a car to go to school. But the, the joy of that and the satisfaction, it's nice to have, but, but you've got to move on from there. You know, that new car doesn't smell like a new car anymore. And there's all the food wrappers and all this stuff. And, and, and that which meant so much. And, and I'm going to be so fulfilled when I get that new car or that house or whatever it is. That the job is now not as rewarding as I thought it would be. And the marriage is less than ideal. And the things that we thought would really satisfy us in the end don't necessarily do that. And so Zacchaeus is this guy who is despised in the community. He, he has uh, alienated himself from the townsfolk. He, he's done 
uh, everything he can for himself and without care or concern for others. And he was seen as, well, really an enemy. In fact, uh, a tax collector, he had his own designation as a sinner. I mean, you've got sinners and you've got tax collectors and they're like, they're the worst of the worst of the worst. But inside Zacchaeus, there is some gnawing at him, something. He's rich, but at what cost? At the cost of ripping off people, people who were poor, people who didn't have much. And deep down inside, I think there was a twinge of guilt that he was dealing with as he looked at that whole situation. And when news of Jesus arrived, it stirred something in him, a curiosity, something he... He'd heard about this miracle worker, and now he wanted to see him for himself. And uh, he was physically unimpressive, a short man having to climb a tree, and I'm sure nobody was going to give him a, a front row seat at the parade either. Little did he know that what would be in store for him. Jesus' entourage comes along, and he stops, and he looks up into the tree, and sees this diminutive figure, and he says, Zacchaeus. I mean, how does he know who I am? He, I, Zacchaeus? He knows my name. And, and he looks up, and, and, and Jesus says, I want you to come down, Zacchaeus. I need to have dinner at your place. I've got an appointment with you. And so he comes down, with, giddy with excitement like a kid, and uh, people are complaining for that so-and-so. Does he not know what kind of a person he's going to? That, that, that He is a tax collector. How would he dare go to that person's home? And, and they were complaining and thought poorly about Jesus as well. We don't know what happened in that discussion. We don't know all the things that Jesus talked about. Uh, somehow all... All of what Zacchaeus heard prompted in him a really serious reflection of what the meaning of life was after all. And so somehow Zacchaeus gave into his life his obsession about how he lived and all the things that he'd lived for and his self-preoccupation with money and things seemed so empty and so unworthy. He felt truly bad about the people that he'd hurt when Jesus talked to him. He felt ashamed of his callousness and what God would want to do with him. He was undeserved, and he knew it. And somewhere in their interaction, the light went on for Zacchaeus. He realized that there, was, there had to be more to life than the pathway that he'd taken. There had to be, he realized that there was a hope for him, a hope for forgiveness, a hope for grace, for God to accept him, power to change his life, the possibility of living a different life. He saw meaning in God's purpose for him, joy. And so after this interaction, he goes and, and he makes some, some statements and some claims. He, the world looked different from what he saw. He saw people through new eyes. His encounter with Jesus left him dumbfounded. 
from, the time, from taker, he became a giver. He, he said this, um, if I've, uh, if I've, uh, I want to give half of everything I make to the poor. What? You know, in, in this economy, if you were a very, very generous person, the outer limit would be 20%. If you gave 20%, you were like totally in a category by yourself, over the top, a generous person. But something happened to this man. He said, I'm going to give half of everything I have to the poor. And uh, what's more, if I've defrauded anyone, I'm going to pay them back four times. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. The law said what you, if you defrauded someone, you had to pay back the amount you took plus a fifth. And he's saying, I'm, gonna, I'm going to pay you back four times what I took it. And people can't understand uh, what happened to Zacchaeus. There's this radical transformation. Uh, there's this total 180 that left people scratching their heads. What in heaven's name has gotten into this man? Everything Zacchaeus had counted on for meaning meant nothing to him. It didn't fill the hole that was deep inside him. Blaise Pascal, that uh, uh, physicist, uh, scientist, that theologian as well, said this, There is a God-shaped vacuum in our hearts which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, only by God the Creator and made known through Jesus. God created us with, with something in us that only he could fulfill. And so no matter what we go through, no matter what we have, no, ma- no matter what we accumulate or do, it's going to leave us empty in the end. Only God can fill that place. Have you found that in your own life? When, when you were able to buy something, when you were able to achieve a certain level of, of education, uh, uh, when you got the, the dream job, when you had the family, I remember. I remember a woman um, in, uh, in in the past church uh, talking about her life, uh, and she wanted she wanted so much to be married, and so she found this guy who was a good looking, wonderful person that got married, and she thought that would satisfy her, but it didn't, and so she got a job, and uh, she very quickly became the head of the. Uh, of the emergency department in a, in a hospital. And she thought that she would feel fulfilled in that, but there was still this gnawing inside. And she thought, well, I, we need children. And God gave her two beautiful daughters, and she loved those children, but there was still something lacking. And whatever she did and whatever she accomplished, there was still a hole. Because God created us with something that only he could fill in us. And, uh, and so... Uh, Zacchaeus discovers this, that, that nothing that he could set his affection on would mean to him what the longing in his heart meant when God filled that. The treatment of his fellow man and the harm that he brought and the shame that he brought, he was done with that. And Jesus offered him a new vision, life on purpose, to know God, to enjoy him, to live uh, to honor him and to find his greatest satisfaction in the love of God for him and the love that he could have for fellow human beings. And Jesus saw this response, and here was his statement. In, in uh, Luke 19 and 9, he says this, Today salvation has come to this house, 
because this man too is a son of Abraham. Do you know what those words would have meant? You see, if, if God invades your life, he upends your priorities and your goals and, and everything, and he brings them into line with his. And Jesus says, um, you can't have an encounter with Jesus, a real encounter with Jesus, and go away and not be changed. And he went away, a changed, a totally changed man, and Jesus said, salvation has come to this man's house this day. It's happened in his life. Uh, he's been cleansed, he's been forgiven, he's been included. He's a son of Abraham. This is a, this is a person that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have in your house, you wouldn't have anything to do with him. He is, a, he is a son of Abraham. He is one of God's people. He's part of God's family. This amazing thing so profoundly touched Zacchaeus' life. And uh, he believed that he found God. I mean, he went, he sought, he climbed the tree he was looking for. There was something in him. But that's not exactly how Jesus saw it. In verse 10, he says this. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus thought he was seeking God. He was seeking Jesus. Uh Uh-uh. It was Jesus who was seeking him. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Walking by there and Jesus looks up and calls you by name. Come on down. We need to spend some time together. We need to talk. We've got something to deal with. And so incredible it was. Do you know that Jesus is on a mission to bring people to God? He's on a mission to bring them into the family of God. He knows his name. He calls to him, come. He, He invites him to come and to allow him to renovate his soul, to touch his heart, to reorient his purpose and and his values. Are you on a spiritual journey? Where are you on that journey? You think, well, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to find out which way I'm supposed to be going, what I'm supposed to be doing. Can I tell you that Jesus is seeking you? That there is a God who loves you and he's reaching out to you and and he wants you to come to him. Do you know this is what God has always done? Right from the very start, Adam and Eve were placed in a garden and had this wonderful, beautiful relationship with God and every day they talked with with him and walked in the garden with him. And, And then the one thing that God told them not to do, they did. And it ruined everything. And they ran from God and they hid from God. They recognized they were naked and now they were trying to make clothes to cover themselves and they're hiding. And God comes and said, where are you? They weren't looking for him. They were hiding on him. He was looking for them. Where are you? Come. I know what you've done. Let's talk about this. And, And as we go through scripture, we find that that all along God has been looking for us. In Ephesians 1 and 4, it says that we were chosen before the foundation of the world, that he loved us before the world was even created. Do you, do you aware uh, that, that, that God is seeking you? That since humankind first rebelled, God has perpetually been seeking 
us, even as we rebel against him. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, abundant life. You're trying to find your way forward, and you tried this and that and the other thing, and nothing filled that void and that emptiness in your heart. But Jesus would say, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Isn't that incredible? That the, the fulfillment of every longing and desire we have is ultimately met through Jesus Christ. And he said what his desire is for us is to have a relationship with him. And God did something extraordinary to bring him to faith in Christ. And everyone who comes to faith in Christ, it is an absolute miracle of the God who is seeking us. He sent his son Uh, He he sent his son to earth to love us. He sent his son to earth to become human, to be one of us, to to understand what it is so that we couldn't say that he doesn't understand what being human is like. He, He came to teach us and to show us what God is like and to live an absolutely perfect life and ultimately to give that life in a cruel death on a cross that he might pay the penalty for our sins and our wrongs and our rebellion against him, that he might accept us. And God said yes and amen to that when he raised him from the dead on the third day, born to die on the cross. God couldn't tolerate our sin. He had to judge it. He couldn't just look the other way um, with the wrong that we did. He actually had to sacrifice his own son to pay the penalty for our sin that he could accept us, make us part of his family, and he conquered death. But it was a costly, costly price, the death of his own son. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I want to tell you, he is seeking you. If you haven't yet surrendered to him, if you haven't opened your heart and your life to him, he is seeking you. And sometimes we're afraid of that. Some of you may know that God is pursuing you. (laughs) C.S. Lewis talked about the hound of heaven pursuing him. And you may be afraid of that. It's interesting, I remember reading a number of years ago a story that actually absolutely gripped my heart. It was about a seven-year-old boy by the name of Andrew. He and his family were from uh, Hamilton, and they traveled to the maritime provinces, and they were, they were camping and doing different things there. And somehow, this little seven-year-old boy, Andrew, got lost and the family was looking and looking and looking, and uh, the community began to look and search areas. And uh, the funny thing was that a couple people saw him, and he was afraid, and he ran. And, and they never found him until he died of exposure. They found his body. And I thought, the greatest tragedy is here is somebody coming to help you. And you're running from them because they're afraid. And it may may be for people who who are running from God because they're afraid. But God loves them and he wants to pursue them. So that he can say salvation has come to this house. And have a relationship with your creator. 
And God offers an invitation to us to come to him, to be accepted by him, to be cleansed of our sin and forgiven, and to be brought into his family. And I have a question for you. Have you opened your heart to that God who loves you and who is pursuing you? Or are you running from him in your life? Well, God opens his arms to you and invites you to come into his, uh, into his arms. And uh, I, I would say, stop running. The best thing, the greatest thing that you can do, the, the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life is to surrender to God who's pursuing you in love. And you can do that. You can do that by praying. Praying a simple prayer, and it's not the exact words or anything like that. It's a heart that recognizes that we are outside of him and we need him. It's a prayer that in which we admit our sin and our rebellion from God, and that we want to put our faith and our trust in what Jesus did for us, and, and we, we believe that what Jesus did it will uh, undertake for all of our problems and, and, and the mess that we've made with God. And then to ask God to help us in this new journey of following him. And if you, if you took and expressed those thoughts from the depths of your heart to him, I want to tell you that he will welcome you into his family. He'll cleanse you of your sin. He, he'll give you a purpose and a meaning in life that you haven't known before. In fact, in John 5 and verse 24, it says this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word, Jesus says, and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Isn't that incredible? That could happen for you today if you open your heart to the God who is pursuing you. And uh, I want you to know that we exist as a church here to help people step over that line of faith into God's family, but to help you to grow and understand all of what that means. And uh, you may be here and you say, you know, this is really interesting and and I'm not quite sure about all of this. Um, There's something that we are are doing uh, that can help you. You find in your bulletin there's a little invitation to Alpha. You saw the video of Alpha uh, in our video announcements. Alpha is an opportunity for people to, uh, to come and explore the Christian faith in a non-threatening way, to enjoy a meal, uh, to watch a video presentation, uh, to uh, discuss it, and it's a safe place. It's a place where you can ask questions. It's a place where you can express your opinion. And uh, we want to encourage you, if that's, if that's something that you think would be helpful to you, we're going to be starting that two, uh, actually three groups. Um, on the 29th of September, Sunday mornings, uh, before service, you'll have a breakfast and an opportunity to enjoy that class at that point. Uh, and uh, also on uh, October the 2nd, on a Wednesday night at 6.30, if that works better for you. And um, we also have, on Sunday morning, a Mandarin life group that you can be a part, or a Mandarin alpha group, rather, that you can be a part of. And, and here's the thing that, that, uh, that I want to share with you. Um, 
because there's no pressure in that. Nobody's going to pressure you. You can just ask your question, state your opinion, and, and share in a safe place. And that we're committed to helping you with that. But I want to say this too, because what happened was Jesus was pursuing people. Jesus was seeking for people. And, uh, but Jesus ended up leaving and going back to heaven. But before he left, he told us that the responsibility of his family, the church, was to share that good news with others. I don't know about you, but when something is really good, it has to be shared, right? When somebody is, when something wonderful happens, you want to share it with other people. And, and that's exactly what God calls us to do. So when Jesus went back to heaven, he actually uh, sent the Holy Spirit to live in us so that we would have the spirit of Jesus in us and uh, we, would, we would be able to fulfill what he wanted for us as we carry on his work. In uh, Matthew 28, uh, we have the, the great commission. Jesus, after he's gone to, uh, uh, back to heaven, just before he goes back, he gives this commission to us who have been brought into his family, uh, who've, who've opened our hearts to him. Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples or followers of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Next, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He gave us, he gave us a job. He gave us a task that we'd take the, the great things that he's done for us and share that good news with others so that they could ex- experience that as well. All of the gospels have some version of this call. Here's what John's version of it. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. He was sent to, to go and do God's work. And now he says, now I am turning that over to you. I'm sending you. And so that's church where we're going to look at for the next two weeks is what that looks like. And uh, we're going to be doing some things to help you to be able to communicate your faith uh, maybe in, in a better way, or to be encouraged in that, that we have this incredible responsibility to do that. And uh, we will have uh, life group material on that. In fact, the life group material is out in the lobby. Uh, you can pick that up and uh, take that along with you. Uh, but what a, what a blessing. Music team, come on up, please. Uh, what a blessing it is. What God has done for us and what... Uh, he asked us to do for, for him. And my prayer is that, uh, that God would touch our hearts. If you haven't come yet to him, I pray that you will. And, and after the service, I'm, I'm just going to hang around for a while. If you want to chat or you want somebody to pray with you, there'll be some people to pray with you as well. Uh, but my prayer is that if God is pursuing you, seeking for you, so that you'd give him that chance in your life. And, uh, and for those of us who've experienced the goodness and love of God, that we would be willing to share that with others. Let's listen to this song.
knows my name. He knows my name. He knows my name. He knows my. Presence, I am praying. 
You see, once you've experienced the power and presence of God in your life, to know Him, to walk with Him, to be loved by Him, all you want to do is share that with somebody else. And um, we're going to sing one more song before we close and, and, uh, and head out. But I want you to know, if, if you want to talk about this, uh, please feel free to talk to us about it. If you, and I want to encourage you to, if you're thinking about some of these things, uh, get into this Alpha course and, uh, and examine and explore our faith through that. But what a great uh, blessing to have a God who created the world, who loves us and reaches down to us, pursuing us, embracing us as his own, making us part of his family. What a blessing.